Welcome back to another episode on Take Flight Podcast. It's episode 190. Yes, we're getting close to that 200 mark. And today we want to take on a topic which affects a lot of parts of the economy. And that's the recent announcement from the Bank of England and increasing the base rate to 5%. Inflation is still at all-time high. It's taken quite a while to come down. And so we're going to have a conversation and discuss different parts that are affected in the economy as a result of interest rates being as high as 5%. So with that, we'll let the music play and we'll get into the episode. So guys, back with another episode. Before we kick off our usual routine, which is understand how you guys have been over the last couple of weeks. So Daniel, let's start with you. How are things on your side? Yeah, things on my side are good. Um, been on the right week with the family. Um, Actually, funnily enough, I think I posted when I came back from one of my trips in April about my suitcase and how it came late. And finally, I got response and got two new suitcases, which got um, which arrived in the week. So yeah, quite quite fortunate for that. I'm still chasing after my lengthy eight hour delay, but apart from that, works good. Family's good. So yeah, just just chugging along. Next week I have a, a recharge week, so the whole company's off to relax and recharge. So I'll be making the most of that. You just come back from a business trip, and now you're on a recharge week. I didn't go back. From, oh, I went from. A, I went on a. I went on a family trip, not business. Oh, trip. sorry. I went on a okay. business trip in May. Family <laughs> trip in worse. June. That's even worse. Thanks. <laughs> so wait. So what's the recharge for? The recharge is for the whole company. Yeah, yeah. Because it's July Fourth and it's an American holiday. Ah, the company okay. also have weeks where we recharge. I think P had mentioned it in an early episode where Evo. So P mentioned it in an episode this year. But we also brought up around how Bill Gates um, sort of sets out his year, where he has every quarter he has a reading week where he goes away and just reads books. And I think I'd announced last year when I joined the company, we have, because it's an intense culture and intense workload, we sort of think of it sprinting. And last year we had four recharge weeks, one every quarter. This year we're having two recharge weeks and we're having sort of a couple of recharge days in the other quarters. I need a recharge yeah. week as well. And yeah. it looks that way. How was your weekend? <laughs> I'm still recovering from my weekend, to be honest. Um, but I, uh, before we go there, so you got an extra suitcase. Can you send it my way for free? Oh, I need a suitcase. <laughs> we'll talk offline. We'll talk nah. offline. <laughs> we'll talk offline. Um, you don't need to talk offline. You're, you're not getting You're not getting <laughs> Um, In regards to my week, it was good. Um, catching up with family, friends. Um, I've been looking in the property market, um, going for going to a few house viewings. Um, I think and we're going to talk about this topic, right? With the increased interest rates, I've tried to see if there's any opportunities in the market. Um, so yeah, I've just been going on viewings, catching up with friends, pretty good. I've got intense two weeks at work, but then hopefully after that, I can have a recharge week as well. Nice. Uh, Oli, residential or investment purposes? Residential. Residential. Yeah. So, yeah, this topic is very timely with what you've been doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Good to good to see everyone. I think, first of all, I just wanted to wish a uh, happy Eid Mubarak to our uh, Muslim listeners. We did have that recent celebration a few days ago. It was, it was really nice to spend that time with friends and family and consume a lot of calories like usual as well. Um, I think other than that, I had the chance to go to a wedding recently in Spain, which was really nice to catch up with some university friends. Um, a mutual friend that I think Olu and Daniel, you met last year in Copenhagen, who is a serious poker 
one card dealer was also there at that trip so it's good to catch up with uh with him and a few of the other the other guys as well so good trip overall um got a few more trips next month as well to enjoy the the summer uh, and other than that it's good to to see all of you guys uh p how how have things been on your end yeah no all, all great actually uh we just came back from a a week in uh algarve uh portugal so it was fantastic quality time with the family and just really an opportunity to as i mentioned just spend some quality time with the kids and 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 um, my wife and not have to worry about cleaning or cooking or doing any of those things that take up a lot of our time when we're at home and uh, it was great kids loved it uh you know Jan loved it Karen loved it it was it was it was fantastic so great break uh it's you still you know as a parent you still got quite a bit of work to do even with the kids but it's just good to be in a different location getting lots of sun it was by the beach by the pool uh great food so um highly recommended actually it's only three hours from from london so i would highly recommend everyone on the call to to um think about a quick week in the algarve um great villas great resorts to stay by it's it's um you can't you can't lose you can't go wrong so did you get a pj the private jet there or this wasn't the pj this wasn't Ah, the pj back to reality but you sound like you you sound like a strong hater there if anything if anything the question that just highlighted your hate your level of hate versus my inability to fly pj again you know what i'm trying to say so this is a lifestyle it sounds like only just Look, you took yourself out of a PJC, bro. That's what it's no, 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 yeah, no, 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 That's one. That's one. But but the problem with lines like that is you actually then fuel me to then actually fly private again. Just and for that's you. why I, that's because I know you so no, well. But, but I know that comment be, is going to motivate it, you. That, but it won't be with you. It'll be with me and my family. <laughs> so uh, no, all good. Perfect. No, no, with that, uh, let's dive into today's conversation. So today is, is you know, we're really talking about high interest rates and we're also talking about high salaries in the sports world. And uh, let's, let's, I think, first start with what the Bank of England have decided to do. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they announced that they're going to increase the base rate um, to 5%. It's the highest level since 2008. So we're talking about over 15 years ago. And effectively, the primary objective from the Bank of England and all those involved is to get the inflation rate back down to a 2%, 3% level, which will take some time and we can discuss this. So the country as a whole are prioritizing inflation over growth. And I think it's really interesting to get the thoughts and opinions from everyone on this on, on the episode, especially as we're all investors in some sort of capacity as to what was effectively your first, um, was you surprised? I think the first question is, was you surprised by the announcement to raise the interest rate uh, to uh, 5%. And maybe what are maybe some of your, your key points that, that you're, you're reflecting on as a result of this announcement? So starting off with, uh, was I surprised? No. Um, f- slightly frustrated at myself. So to keep it quite real, um, I'm currently in the process of um, doing a remortgage on my um, residential property, right? And I was waiting for a particular date to be able to lock in a rate. Um, And when it was getting closer to the announcement, I was worried. I was like, ah, this is definitely going to go up again. Um, I think you mentioned it rightly. So we initially got the announcement saying that um, inflation was still around 8.7 or whatever percent it was, right? So naturally, due to the fact that we weren't seeing a correction in inflation, and I think we've discussed this in previous episodes, 
the areas that the government, the Bank of England have to sort of control that is really interest rate. That's the only way you stop people from borrowing, you stop people from spending is increases. So I guess starting there, I wasn't surprised. Um, I'll let the others, what about yourself, Daniel? Were you surprised? Um, no, the writing was on the wall. So alluded to UK inflation remains stuck at 8.7%, worse than 8.4% expecting. So it raised pressure on the Bank of England to increase interest rates. And last week, Wednesday's data marked the fourth month in a row that saw prices, price rises that have exceeded forecasts, adding to the gloom afflicting rate setters, um, you know, Richie Sunak's government and many households. So the no change in inflation for the month of, of May, which was around 8.7%, and that was a huge disappointment. Core inflation just isn't coming down. The idea that inflation will be around 6.5% at the end of the year looks very un. And this, you know, essentially will crush the economy. And if it doesn't, it can really make people living a poverty zone. And with that being said, you know, I think before the Thursday, before the MPC came together to announce what the decision was going to be, everyone was probably expecting quarter of a percentage um, increase from to 4.75%. But traders put the odds now at a larger 0.5% to to a 40 percent you know and predict a peak of a sorry and predict a peak of six percent early next year for for inflation so it's it's not it's not as unexpected i think it's more disappointing that we're seeing the bank of england not getting the rate of inflation under control as opposed to anything else but we all know that the simple math is for them to try and curb inflation interest rates have to increase but that increase also is dependent on other factors for inflation to come down. Sure, your thoughts on on um, the announcement and maybe and maybe what it looks like from a you know what what has perhaps what does the impact look like from a personal investment capacity standpoint? Yeah, so um, I think from from my end, the interest rate increase. I think the the general thought that I've been having in the last six months, and this is from other podcasts and news outlets, is typically I think the inflation will last longer than we would like and the implications of this will probably be even more difficult than what we imagine and i think keeping that in mind i think we're seeing inflation especially in in the uk really sticking at quite a high high level compared to europe or compared to the the us and i think this has translated into the rates having to increase at a faster faster rate and i think what's important for the listeners and for all of us to remember is 5% historically is still pretty average to what the rate should be and has been historically. It's just the recent 10, 15 years since 08, the extremely low rates were actually the abnormal environment rather than the environment that we're in now. And now that the interest rates are getting to a higher level, of course, the main idea is for the Bank of England to combat inflation. And this is what they're really trying their best to do because no one wants inflation to stick around. It affects everyone and none more so the people at the lower end of the income bracket. Mm. Um, and this is just the only lever that they can, they can use. So I... I predict probably even more rate increases in the future and this will last longer than we probably would have imagined 12, 24 months ago but i think once we get to the back end of inflation and it's stabilizing then we should be in a good good state personal impact and reflections i think i'm very happy and fortunate in our circumstance that most of our products were fixed in last year or the year before um we've had one that's moved now that we actually refinanced but that was on a variable onto a fixed product which is even more attractive than what it was on before but otherwise we were just fortunate we got it locked in last year but a lot of people aren't in that in that position 
So, so what's what's quite what's what's quite interesting is that this time last year we recorded a podcast episode about is the UK going to go into recession, and in June last year the interest rate was at one percent, um, and in June it was raised to one point two five, and look what we are now. We've got four X. We are now at five percent, um, and I don't think any of us could have probably foresaw that interest rates would be at five percent um, a year a year later. We all spoke about talking I, I would just how long it may take to. I will want to fact check that. I think Olu on the chat said to some of the property investors um, that, hey, can you imagine? I'm just I'm just trying to talk collectively, maybe, you know, many I'm of us. I'm coming at collective. They, I mean, yeah. But continue, Daniel, sorry. <laughs> Forget, forget it. Just, just no, it's no. I think I think to to Olu's point, um, it's it's great that you actually brought that insight up, uh, Daniel, because it shows just how quickly things have moved since this time last year. But there's a couple of questions from that. I think one, knowing how much we've printed, right? It's a record number of of quantitative easing that we've we've um, printed into the system. Are you surprised at how long it's taken the Bank of England to raise rates, or would you have expected rates to be raised at a, at a faster pace? And if so, what would be the implications? I think to, to that point, I think many people are pointing the finger at um, Andrew Bailey, and we also have to remember that it's a nine-person committee. It's the MPC. It's nine. It's nine people in total that are voting. Yeah. So the former Bank of England, Mark Carney, said a couple of weeks ago that Brexit is to blame for where we are now. But coincidentally, he had the opportunity after the banking crisis to cut the level of quantitative easing, which he didn't. Mm. He also had turning or weaning the country back on a proper trade structure to maybe two or to two or three percent, which again, he didn't. So it's all, you know, nice to say when you're holy and loud and say, you know, this is what you should do, what you couldn't do. But really and truly, these are ramifications from the financial crisis that are just coming into play now. So there are many things that could have been done before even Andrew Bailey took the seat of Bank of England governor. But, you know, alas, here we are. Yeah. Oli, you had a couple of points you wanted to share and I wanted yeah, to, I just like, to talking about I think the problem, the problem started before COVID, right? I think the biggest issue wasn't about how much money we printed because let's be honest, we went through COVID. It was a unprecedented, unprecedented time, right? We weren't, there was so much, um, there was so much instability. There was so much that we didn't really understand how this was going to be particularly play out, uh, potentially a large amount of unemployment, money was printed right i think what was more the issue was after sort of the 2008 and interest rates got to as low as it did why did it stay that low right i think the problem is we reduce interest rates to such a rate that we thought that that was the norm right we we got high on our own supply per se right because people start to overextend themselves right the issues we're facing right now is not an issue of quote unquote interest rates because interest rates are still 5%, right? It's more, hey, people are so used to having it at close to zero. The shock of it going to such a high amount is just breaking the whole system. If people were historically comfortable with what it used to be mainly before, like the three, the 4%, maybe this wouldn't feel so much of a shock, but we stayed so low for such a long period of time. I think that's pretty much the area that I would have probably gone back and corrected, right? Hindsight is a beautiful thing is when we came out of that um, financial crisis and the real estate issues that we had and we dropped down, should we have been at such a low interest rate for such a long period of time? And how much bubbles did we create during that period of time that 
But I, I want to ask some questions, but I don't want to butt in. I don't want to break. Yeah, Ollie, go, ahead, go ahead. With, go ahead. Yeah. And then we'll go Daniel. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I was looking at my renewal. Now that looking at it, I've got a 5.3% on the table, which is just 0.3 above the base rate, which doesn't seem bad considering where we're at at the moment. Um, I would say, look, like P said, I looked at the data to say, okay, how many people are actually coming off their fixed period, right? I think they're predicting around 1.2 million people are coming off their mortgage rates this year. And next year, they're expecting that to even go higher, like 1.5 million people are coming off their fixed rate um, 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 term. Now, what does this mean to the, the, the average person, right? Prior to this remortgage, I was roughly around 1.8% was what I'm, I was on. And now I'm going to around 5.3, which is already looking at close to 3x, the amount that I was paying on interest on my mortgage. So for some people, especially if you got a high amount of loan to um, e um, loan to equity, right? So you've borrowed a large amount, you're going to reach a point where your affordability will be tested. You potentially won't be able to afford it, right? Some of the advice and thankfully what I've been doing historically, because it's a residential mortgage, I'd been paying down my loan over the last five, 10 years. So as I'm remortgaging, I'm still at a low 60% loan to value. So it's still a more affordable rate. Um, but I'm worried. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm worried about the implications that this is going to have. Um, the government have come out and said, hey, we're going to give a 12 months pause to say during this period of time, we won't start the repossession. But that doesn't really solve anything because okay. it's just kicking the can down the line. Yeah. People are still not going to be able to pay. So at some point, you're going to take their homes away from them. Um, so if I was in a sticky situation, right, I would be looking at two things, right? Looking at my budget, deciding what can I cut off to be able to afford rent, right? I might also try to get ahead of it. So does it make it might make more sense to sell and downsize, right? Mm -hmm. If I've got a mm -hmm. large loan to loan to um, equity i've got a, a bigger house because a lot of people when the interest rates were low they went for the maximum that they can mm -hmm. afford they didn't mm -hmm. follow the way i personally think property should go which is a ladder right you start maybe in an apartment you go to a two-bedroom you build and you grow up as your income increases etc cetera, etc cetera. so that would be sort of my two advice and if you can if you've got lump sums in places potentially use that to pay down your mortgage so that that interest rate is not on a higher dollar amount or pound amount, should I say. But yeah, that's sort of my points there. No, I'm, I'm thinking you know, for the listeners and even for everyone in the podcast, because we're seeing, and I only thank you for showing up being transparent about, you know, about your property and remortgaging. What do we think or how are you approaching possibly where you're remortgaging on your investment properties? Are you thinking of offsetting that cost, that increase to your tenants? Should, we, should people that are renting, or to be passing that cost over to them because as the government has said they're not going to start repossession of homes to 12 months can down the road which isn't going to help things with the cost of goods energy prices still being very volatile some supermarkets like morrison's are helping cutting the cost but that you know food and volatile energy prices aren't taking into account into core inflation so how, how do we think people might navigate the next six to 12 months when they're looking at maybe their budget that only said they can look more scrupulously at and, and just thinking about, you know, f f trying to future-proof to the best of their ability when it comes to their expenses. just wanted to kind of throw that out there and see if anyone had any thoughts or a take on that. That's a good question. Shua, P? 
Yeah, it's a great question, Daniel. I think from the from a, a landlord's perspective, I think it's down to each landlord how they want to manage their business. So I think it's difficult to say what someone should do. I think I can share what I've personally done. So for most of our tenants, these are long-lasting tenants that we are looking to keep in the property as well. But then we also recognize that the market rate has increased substantially, even in the few hundreds for some of our properties versus what was agreed at the beginning. I think in this case, we're doing a case-by-case case basis with each of the tenants and then seeing what their situations are and trying to make it slightly higher than what they're paying now just to get closer to the market rate. But I would say that we're nowhere near ahead of the market rate for many of our properties. And actually, most of them are probably a little bit below just to maintain that long-term tenant satisfaction. Um, and then it's down to each individual. I think in our case, because we're in a relatively stable situation, uh, we don't need to push that onto the tenant as much. But again, each landlord is in their own different different situation the only other thing that i would add actually very quickly is we are at the point where we're getting a project refinanced at the end and now at the end with the product that we're being offered it is a high rate i think the rate that we were offered was 6.5 percent which is high but i think it becomes even more important that you have a a larger project to begin with with the very high quality in demand product or rooms that you're trying to to sell and refinance and as long as you've got those two factors then at the end if the rate is around six seven eight percent it's still very profitable and you can still generate a lot of value uh, for yourself and for your investors yeah two points that come to mind with regards to high interest rates i think one as an investor a high interest rate should not deter you from actually doing a deal because you should know that this is a game of cycles so we it goes up it goes down it go it moves in different directions and so it's quite interesting when we when investors talk about high interest rates it it tends to sound like it's negative and and but it's part of it's part of the arena it's part of how things um work so um there'll be a time when it goes back down it's lower so then their their cash flows look uh, better i think i couldn't agree more with your points you are around in terms of our view on tenants it's case by case it's it's how each each landlord will take a different approach in terms of how they think about the longevity of their tenant. Um, but certainly if there's an opportunity where a tenant's moved out, you're probably going to re remarket the, the property at um, market rate. I think the other point I wanted to mention actually is around homeowners now having a serious consideration. If you own a home now, and I think there's a serious consideration to consider selling and actually renting a home rather than facing this, rather than facing a scenario whereby you're unable to afford um, your mortgage payments. It's something that I think for some people will be the first time that they actually have to go through this decision, decision process. Because what would you rather do as, 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 you know, listening, would you rather see if you could try to afford your mortgage payments, which the implications of that is going to be extremely um, um, detriment over the long term, or actually consider a rental property as a family or whatever situation you're in? Olu. Uh, P, I disagree with you on that one. Good, um, good. I think less, I think a lot of times we agree on everything on this podcast. So let me throw this out. Um, I believe you shouldn't be forced to sell to rent. The reason why I say that is because a lot of people are going to do that. And what's going to happen is... why And why are they doing it? Just before you continue, why, why so would they do it? A lot it? of people are going to do that because they don't really want to focus on... They don't want to do the difficult thing. And the difficult thing is first looking at the budget and saying, what can I cut back on? Should I be traveling twice a year, three times a year? Should we be eating out this much? And the reason, the reason why I say this is because don't be tricked out of your assets. And I think you talk, we will talk about it so much in this podcast because when interest rates drop again, 
you're not going to be able to afford to get these houses. And I remember listening to this guy on, um, I think it was YouTube, and he mentioned a really good point. And he was like, a lot of our parents are selling off our wealth. And what he means about that is they see they're going to sell their properties in London and their grandkids are never going to be able to afford to buy again in London. So I'd, I'm not a fan of selling to rent. I can understand you saying downsizing and buying another property somewhere else, whatever, et cetera. But to get to rent, let's be honest, we all know what's going to happen. The moment interest rates calm down or slow, prices are going to go up again. So if you've now sold whatever your property for whatever value, the likelihood is that property is going to go up and you're not going to be able to get back on that train. And now you've lost an asset, generational wealth, all these other things. But I think the first thing you need to do is the tough thing. Look at your budget, see if there's things you need to cut and sacrifice. If not, maybe downsizing, but I'm not a fan of going to renting because potentially you might never be able to get into ownership again. Yeah, I don't disagree with everything you said. Everything you said, is, I think, is a very, very important point. I just think about the family that perhaps maybe on a variable rate and, and, and might be in a situation now where they actually are not in, unable to afford the property. Mm. And so they have to consider doing something they don't want to do, which is rent. So it was, it's just, yeah. it's just, I, I it's think, just understanding. But, but I, I, think, I, I think, I think, go on, Daniel. I think it's all dependent on, on, I think it's dependent on the family, the circumstances, the situation. It's all good to speak hypothetically, but in your analogy, mm. that, that family, this might not be doing two holidays or that individual might not be doing two holidays. They might be actually be scrimping and saving right now and doing the best that they can. And let's also remember that energy prices monthly right now aren't as high because we're in summer. Mm. When we get back into the winter months and cold, people are going to be, as they were last year, choosing between whether they eat or they heat their homes. And yeah. when we think about lower income families that have a number of children in school that also need new uniforms and in school holidays, it's there's food and, you know, their energy. It's a very dire situation. And that's why I said at the beginning of the point, I'm oh, sorry, at the beginning of the podcast about in rise and you know it's going to crush the economy people are going to be around the poverty poverty line there's not even disposable income right now people are going into overdrafts just to feed themselves you know many of us are in fortunate situations but it all comes down to saying can you weather the storm for the next 12 to 18 months and as p said you need money for rainy day like there are many rainy days that are you know that into last year because so, so it's, it's, it's going to be tough yeah, it's going to be tough point, yeah? You're, yeah. you're, you're absolutely, everything you said was, was on the money and, I, and I, it resonates with me. I'm also thinking about potentially, and again, it's all hypothetical, but a yeah. family that potentially may be safer taking the equity out versus losing it because they can't mm. afford the rates, renting for a period of time. And then mm. that's the typical part, trying to get back I, in the game. I think for me, the reason why, even Daniel's example, right? Let's be honest, and we're, we're all investors as well. I've increased my rent. So the family that's moving to rent is also going to be faced with a higher rental price. It's not going to be a situation that is sub, there's not a trick where it's like, let's go to rent. I'm seeing in London. I yeah. can't, even, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I can't rent in London. In that's some you. of the places I'm, that's you, that's I'm you, seeing. That's you, that's you. Hey, CFO <laughs> money used to say. That's you, that's that's what what say. <laughs> CFO ever used to say. Like, it's, like, I could be like, I'm going to sell my apartment. I'm going to go rent in the exact same area that I'm living right now. And my prices are going up. Mm. that's the reality of it so that's why i say downsizing is the downsizing and maybe saying you know what let's move outside of london and buy somewhere outside of london versus where we are whatever etc but for me owning assets is such a key thing because i understand and we're talking hypothetical there's different people scenarios whatever obviously speak to a financial advisor before you make a decision but there's little tricks you can do 
like even myself, I decided to increase my term, right? So you can increase your term from initially I was at like 18 years term. I can increase it to 30 years so that that way it's lower for a period of time. When interest rates drop back, I can then just switch the terms and it's more affordable, right? Mm. The only thing I'll say for anyone or whatever decision you you decide to do is inability or no action is not a, is not, you can't do that. Like you can't just say, oh, interest rates are coming down the line, whatever, et cetera. I'm just going to figure it out because that's going to lead to a place where you lose your home, right? That's where you need to speak to advisors and say, okay, can I increase my term? Do I downsize? Do I rent like Daniel and um, Pia saying, whatever. But you can't just try to hide yourself in this gloom Mm. and wait because that's going to lead to where your house is repossessed. And don't be, these banks don't really care about us, right? They'll take your property. You don't own your property unless it's fully paid off, right? They'll take it, sell it under market value and tell you, oh, sorry, you had zero equity. We sold it for the amount that we had in loan. So make a decision and do something. Yeah. Very last point to wrap up. Great, uh, great insight, guys, is just quick uh round on your predictions by the end of the year do you see the interest rates going up um even further beyond five percent as a base rate daniel go ahead no i was just gonna say Olu, i never actually said about renting i was just making a point to your analogy but nevertheless uh bank so yesterday actually bank of england governor andrew bailey seemed are likely to stay higher for longer than the financial markets expecting because inflation has proved to be such a persistent problem Financial markets right now have priced in UK interest rates rising from 5% to 6.2.5% around the end of the year before beginning to fall during the summer of 2024. So it's going to, I reckon, continue to increase. Andrew Bailey said that. Um, Jeremy Powell in the US has said that. ECB, there was a, a meeting mid oh, last week, as recent as last week, in Portugal, where a lot of the central banks were, were meeting. Um, so P, I'm surprised you didn't stay around for that. But nevertheless, yeah, they'll, they'll just they'll just convening and talking about their the interest rates. And I think globally, it's going to be a while before we come back. And there talks of we're going to be in a recession by the end of the year. Going back to because Olu feels strongly about this as well. Going back to predictions that we made in the past and things that we said. I I, I know I've I've made it clear on social media that the interest rates. I think I said this about a year or eighteen months ago. Just for the just for the record, uh, interest rates will need to be at between six and eight percent for us to even start to be able to not start but to combat um, the issue. So I, when you when I hear six point five percent or six point two five percent, we printed that much money. That that's always been my perspective. So um, yeah, I expect a further increase before we get to the end of the year. And it's it's yeah, it's we're we're learning. Our generation is learning for the first time. You know how to navigate through this type of environment. Um, sure. Yeah, so I think my my take is that the inflation will be longer than we would like. Rates are probably going to be higher and it will be happening for longer. So if they're saying that rates will start to decrease by the summer of next year, I could imagine that probably may not even happening until the end of next year at the earliest. Um, But let's see. But I think just to echo the point that P just made, this environment when the rates are, again, historically not so high, this is probably the average rates in, uh, in recent years. This is where you see who are the good investors, who are the good mm. operators, who are the ones that really know what they're doing. Because in a zero to two percent rate environment, <laughs> it's quite easy to make to make money. So now you really see who's, who's really about who, who's really about it. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a great learning opportunity. The one last thing I shall just say is also what's happened in the last eighteen to twenty four months for a lot of people of our generation is the first time we've seen interest rates, inflation. So what we're learning 
and the market being at a top to frothing at the top to now suddenly coming down these are life lessons that if you if you really document them for yourself mm-hmm. then you could you could, these are these are lessons that can carry you through to a to a lifetime so the next time rates hit zero you know exactly what to do and how much to leverage uh olu great thank you yeah. sure I think Shawal's answered it from a investor standpoint, which I totally agree with what he said. I'm going to say, I believe interest rates are going to go up, um, but I'm going to try to answer it for just the average job. Do you have, do you have a number? It be good to put you on record for a number. Ooh, we're at five right now. By the, end, by the end of the year, by the end of the year, any thoughts? End of the year, I think, Daniel, you'll know this. I know Daniel knows this information. How many more announcements do we have before the end of the year? Is it two more or? I think it's two. So I won't be surprised if the next one they hold it and then the one after they increase it. So to, I want to say 5.5 or 6%. I think there's going to be one pause between one of those two. So it will get us to maximum six. Cool. Okay. But I think from a, for our listeners, because I do think we have investors that listen to this, but people that just don't know about this and are worried, right? And I, I say it's okay to be worried, right? I think even myself, other people on this podcast are worried as well. Um, but um, no action is not an action. And you need to just try to understand what can you do differently? If it's looking at your budget, understanding where can you cut back to be able to afford? If it's increasing your terms for a short period of time, right? Whilst interest rates are quite high at the moment. If it's looking at your affordability and saying, does it make more sense to downsize or even rent, right? Make that decision, be proactive with it. Speak to a financial advisor versus just waiting and letting the system, just the cause of life just happen. Because those situations are where you'll be impacted with massive debt, repossession of your home, and you don't want to do that or you don't want to be in that situation. You want to get ahead of it. So it's difficult, it's tough. I understand if that's how you're feeling. If you're worried, speak to people. Um, we are a podcast that we, our DMs are open, right? If you have any questions or yeah, need any clarity, we'll give you information. We'll point you in the right direction. Um, but yeah, it's a sensitive topic. And even though I'm joking on this, we're joking, right? We understand how sensitive it is for a lot of people um, as well. Yeah, so. No, and then with that, Daniel, help us to close out. Yeah, with that said, we hope you found it. You know, I think there's been a lot of talk around interest rate inflation the last year. Hopefully, we've helped you simple. We've helped simplify what this means for every person or an everyday person um, in just a day to day living, and also when looking at um, mortgage products for homes or if you're thinking about buying a property. With that said, until next week, stay safe. God bless. Find us on Instagram at Take Flight Podcast, YouTube, and also TikTok. All with the same handle, Take Flight Podcast. Take off, take flight with you. Yeah, we never fly, but